Now, a recurring topic on this show has been the subject of film. And we do, in fact, have another film review from our producer, Tom Perry. That indeed we do. So the film I'm reviewing for everybody this week comes out tomorrow, officially, in Australia. It's Mm -hmm. called Judy and Punch. It's directed by Mira Fawkes, who is an Australian director. And what's most intriguing about this film, for me anyway, is that it's an Australian production with an Australian cast, but it takes place in 14th century England in a village called Seaside, which ironically is located nowhere near the sea or the ocean. And they do explain in the movie what it is, but I won't spoil why. It stars Mia Wasikowska as Judy and Damon Herriman as her husband, Mr. Punch. And this story is essentially seen as the inspiration for the Punch and Judy puppet show. So Judy and Punch are two puppeteers who work with marionettes. So they're the ones which are attached to strings. And their show is a hit with the local tavern where they perform but they really want to make it big in the city and move to London, which is where the money and the fame is. And everything's going well for them until one evening when uh, Punch has a little too much alcohol and sort of everything spirals out of control after that. I won't say how, but it ends with Punch being left solo and looking for somebody to perform his show with and Judy desperately seeking revenge. Now, a lot of our listeners might be drawing parallels with Jennifer Kent's film The Nightingale, which also came out this year. It was also a tale of female revenge, and it was also directed by an Australian female director. And those similarities are there. Oh, Damon Herriman as well. He appears in both films. Hmm. But I think Judy and Punch, and this is controversial, I know, is the superior film, because even though it has this really bleak narrative it still has that aura of hope in there. There's still that sense of humanity and that warmth, which I didn't get from watching The Nightingale at all. And in its most basic form, that is why you should watch the movie, because even though it's this really grim and bleak story, there are elements of humour in there, elements of romance, and by the end of it, you just love... You're left feeling empowered, basically. That is... That, that's it, really. It, it's just a really solid Australian movie. And I know that Christian and Michael have got questions for me, but before we do, I'll just mention it's up for several nominations at the upcoming Australian Academy Awards. That's the Actor Awards, mm-hmm. including Best Film, Best Direction, Best Screenplay, which is original, Best Actor for Damon Herriman, who's also been nominated for his role in The Nightingale in the supporting category, Best Actress for Mia Wasikowska, and also Editing, Original Music, which is really good, by the way, Production Design, and Costume Design. And I was having a conversation off air with one of Sin's staff members earlier about how Australian cinema, it's in this really peculiar place because we've got some of the most talented production services in the world, and Mm. we often export that talent, but we don't utilise it here at home. And often when we do, it's to make Australian stories specifically for an Australian audience. But I think this is one of those movies which can definitely cross over. This is going to be a story where international audiences are just going to be drawn into it and absolutely adore it, I reckon. So provided that it can find an international distributor and provided that the filmmakers can play their cards right and the distributors can play their cards right, this could potentially be a financial winner overseas. 
So, yeah, Judy and Punch. It comes out this Thursday. That's tomorrow. It's got a limited screening, but I'm sure you'll be able to find a theatre somewhere near where you live that will play it. So, Michael, Christian, any questions for me regarding the movie? Yeah, I suppose uh, it being a true story, mm. that's, that kind of gets my mind going in the sense that is it a very straightforward traditional biopic or does it take a more kind of glamorous approach to, to the true events? Well, here's the thing, because the story only says that it's inspired by true events. And, of course, being set back in the 14th century, we've got no way of knowing whether these events happened or not. And I it's, I suspect that there's a fair amount of artistic license which is, has gone into it. Uh, but... Yeah, it's more like a fantasy story, I guess you could say. But I, I would imagine that somewhere in the back of my mind, this is what actually happened to these characters. This is how Punch and Judy became what they are, essentially. That's my thought. Right, yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess the other thing with true stories, I mean, uh, I can certainly see why you wouldn't want to spoil all of what happens. Mm. Um but sadly, IMDb does, so hence I know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, it seems that um, again, not giving any, any weird any details, but it seems the the kind of like the kind of heavy events that uh, are usually justified by it being a true story. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. Like you, you, you said, it sort of gave you an overall impression of warmth. But mm. um, do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, well, do you think you were more forgive, like more f- sort of? I guess forgiving of any sort of like really, really dark, really sort of grim well, the reason, events happening because they actually did happen in real life. Well, the reason why I was more forgiving of this film than I yeah. was The Nightingale was because Judy and Punch shows restraints. I mean, there mm. are moments of violence for sure and there mm. are some pretty shocking scenes, but it knows when to, you know, point the camera towards something and when to turn away. It knows when to be subtle. It knows when to just take it easy. And that was something that The Nightingale either was incapable of doing or chose not to do because it just wanted to show anything and everything. It was didn't matter how graphic it was, how disturbing it was. It just wanted audiences to feel uncomfortable. And at no sense watching Judy and Punch did I feel ap- absolutely disgusted or repulsed. I mean, there were certainly moments of tension, but mm. everything that I saw on screen, I just had no, I didn't have an issue with it, really. Did it feel like a unique film? Because I'm trying to brainstorm uh, marionette films, and the only <laughs> thing I can think of is being John Malkovich. Yeah, mm. um, so the puppets, the marionettes, they only play a small part in the story, <laughs> but it did feel quite original, actually. I mean, as I mentioned, the tale of female revenge, that's nothing new. That's been done before. But, yeah, it was just done in such this dark and yet whimsical way that I absolutely loved it. Oh, I forgot to mention as well, one of the cast members in here, I believe it's Daisy Axum, who plays the young child who befriends Judy. She also appears in another Australian production called H is for Happiness. And she absolutely shines in that as the young lead. And she doesn't really get an opportunity to showcase what she can do in Judy and Punch, but Mm. you can just tell watching both of those performances that we have a young star in the making. I mean, she is absolutely phenomenal and will definitely be going places should she, you know, continue this career into her adulthood. H is for Happiness, by the way. That screened at the Melbourne International Film Festival and it gets a wide Australian release around January, February next year. So once that comes out, I would definitely recommend you go see that as well. 
Mm, terrific. Um, but yeah, as, as far as cast goes, uh, and as far as sort of international distribution goes, um, I think they're very lucky that Mia has a well-deserved uh, international sort of yeah re- reputation. She's mm. she's known overseas. Um, so yeah, she's I'd say she's a bankable name, really, as far as overseas. I, I would definitely go. say so. And yeah. Damon Herriman is heading up there as well because mm. he's played Charles Manson this year in <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and in Mine Hunter, mm. and he's getting a number of um, supporting roles in TV and film in the United States. They're only minor at this stage, but I think he's working his way towards stardom. So, yeah, hmm. that's it. Yeah, terrific. Um, and, yeah, great. I guess it, it actually is good to see an Australian film that's not about Australia. Yes, true. <laughs> Just as you see American films aren't about America. Well, yeah, that, I think it's... <laughs> that's one of the interesting yeah. things the aforementioned staff member and I talked hmm. about as well. It's yeah. how American movies, they're not made for American audiences. Hmm. I mean, they tell American stories, but they're universally loved and appreciated. Hmm. And it's kind of hard to fathom why that same thing doesn't happen with Australian movies. It's almost like we're a completely foreign culture to everybody. Yeah, with a few exceptions as far as movies go. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's it's a bit of a slippery slope, I suppose. It is yeah. indeed.